This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Welcome wrestling fans. Welcome to Curtain Jerk. And as always, I am your host, Jacob Grandi, reporting for WrestlingWithWrestling.com and the Dragon Suplex Podcasting Network. Appreciate you guys jumping in today. I've had a great week. This is a great week for pro wrestling. I'm going to talk about MLW, Ring of Honor, the two New Japan shows, AEW, NXT, and of course, I'm going to be giving you guys my takeover predictions. But first, I'm not trying to bury the lead here, guys. It's been weeks in the making. I finally got to watch that strap match on MLW. Savio Vega versus Richard Holiday. Old school stipulation. Kind of reminds me of Sting Invader from back in the day. WCW had that on VHS. But it really kind of broke down. Classic strap neck match. Ref refusing to get out of the way of the turnbuckle for Savio, allowing a Holiday to get the victory. Ref acting like a complete asshole, leaving with Holiday from a side entrance after the match. He's in cahoots with Holiday. I mean, this we talk about Sting Invader from WCW. This was Nick Patrick from WCW. I want to see Savio Vega versus this ref in a one-arm tied-behind-your-back match just like Nick Patrick and Chris Jericho did back in the day in WCW. This is bullshit. We're going to be following this story, but unfortunately... I think we're going to have to give MLW a break here. I want to bounce around just like I did. And, and this week, I found myself bouncing to Ring of Honor Wrestling. Um, it comes out you know, Mondays, or I can watch it on Mondays easily and talk about it Wednesday mornings to then watch AEW and NXT Wednesday nights and hopefully have the show out for you Thursday. That's what I'm aiming for, guys. That's what I'm aiming for. So if you hear it on a Friday, you hear it on a Saturday, you see it pop up on your podcast feed some other day, that means I don't have my shit together. But I digress here. We kick off with Quinn McKay. She's a star. I would sign her up if I was Ring of Honor. I love her. Like It just feels like I'm listening to someone really intelligent and really fucking attractive tell me the news I want to hear. Instead of, you know, like the other cable news outlets. I don't want to hear that news. I want to hear Ring of Honor news. And that's what Quinn McKay provides us. She also provides us with a recap of what happened last week. Apparently, Matt Taven and Bennett were celebrating with Beer City Bruiser. And then Vincent comes out trying to get in the head of Beer City Bruiser. And he does. Smacks Taven with a beer bottle. Malonis can't believe it. He's in shock. He says he's tired of being everyone's little bitch. I don't blame you, man. Vincent and Taven can't be in the same ring together. But here is Vincent using mind games, using strategy to get into the head of people that can be in the ring as Taven. And now Taven's sitting there, bloody head, and Beer City Bruiser's missing one beer. It's got to be a bigger insult for Beer City Bruiser to hit you with a beer bottle because that means he's not drinking that beer. That means that he wanted to hit you so bad that he sacrificed one of the things he loves most in this world, which is getting drunk, to beat the shit out of you. Matt Taven, I would take it as a personal insult and I would get your head looked at right away. But then we dive in to our first match of the evening, Tracy Williams versus Cheeseburger, a.k.a. the world-famous CB. Coming out with a little style here. The announcers mentioned that this is Cassius Clay going into Muhammad Ali. I love it. During these documentary-style promos that they cut before every single match, 
I got to see uh, why he is called the world-famous CB. It's kind of like he's been in it 10 years now, and he's finally trying to get some respect. He's a trainer in Ring of Honor uh, dojo now. I didn't know that. And here he is trying to get some respect, and he got it for me this match. CB stands on Williams while applying several different submission holds. Williams had to use his first rope break by biting the rope to escape. Williams picks up the pace. One, two. CB kicks out. CB uses the ropes to get his first rope break 10 minute mark cb in control williams uses his second rope break and then quickly uses his final rope break picking up the pace yet again here hitting a backbreaker one two cb kicks out again pile driver one two three tracy williams gets the victory we go into our briscoes and king and pco versus la familia lij hype video and uh, we get a great Jay Briscoe promo, something that I love in the world of pro wrestling, Jay Briscoe promos. Do we look governable to y'all? Great question by Jay. And no, you guys don't. You guys look ungovernable. Fair point, Jay. Diving into the main event. Briscoes, King, PCO versus LIJ with Flip. Kenny King cannot be there. I'm not sure why. I don't know if he's filming a Bachelor episode. I don't know if he has COVID. I don't know if he retired from the world of pro wrestling. I don't know why Kenny King can't be there. But LIJ did let Flip on the team per se, but they didn't let him not get his ass beat. The other guys cutting the ring in half. LIJ not letting them tag in. Even going as far as getting their dad a chair to sit into while L- while LIJ was just kind of hanging out outside, Flip getting his ass beat. All hell breaks loose, huge brawl. Roosh uses a chair to King's leg. Ref did not see it. Whipping him with a cord by one point. Taking down King with a drop kick to the floor. PCO climbing up top. Hits a big cannonball on everyone, but everyone gets out of the way but Flip. PCO and uh, Fed... Fatisa, whatever the I forget his name, uh, but the father of Roosh and Dragon Lee strike battle, and then he gets in another strike battle with Jay Briscoe. This guy's a brawler. I love it. I want to see him and PCO more. I think that could be a good feud there. Mark brings in a chair, steps on it, steps on the top rope, hitting a moonsault, shades this Sabu from Mark Briscoe. PCO hits a senton to the floor, through a table, nobody home. That's when Todd Sinclair seen enough. He calls for the bell. Roosh with a chair as everyone just goes, gets brawling again. Barricade gets knocked down. Everyone is just at each other's throats here in the main event. And then as we cut away, as the show ends, we cut to the back. The foundation, as far as a faction, are standing in the back, disgusted at what they see. They say, this is not Ring of Honor. This is not the Ring of Honor they want. This is not the pure title Ring of Honor that they want to see. I wonder where that's going to go. I love MLW, guys, but I got to say, Ring of Honor here, I think I made the right decision. This is a little bit more interesting, has a lot more that I want to see. So I'm going to go with Ring of Honor until maybe I get bored, maybe jump to a New Japan Strong. I'm going to be bouncing around. Let me know in the comments below or at JG Pro Wrestling on Twitter what I should be watching as far as the world of pro, pro wrestling that I'm not watching. I try to watch it all. I try to have a good balance to everything, but I know I can't watch it all. I work 50 hours a week and I just started a YouTube channel for my beer drive through that I have set up. Go check that out. Type Red Oak Brew Through and subscribe. There's going to be local North Carolina artists all over that channel. So we're starting big things here as far as the curtain jerking 
world is concerned. Speaking of starting new things, how about all the rappers that want to jump in to the wrestling game? I mean, Snoop Dogg and Shaq. Don't forget about Shaq's rap album. Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes. Great line, great freestyle by Shaquille O'Neal throughout the years. But we have now Bad Bunny possibly getting a WrestleMania match training in the Performance Center. Little Uzi Vert was seen at the uh, Nightmare uh, training facility that they have in Atlanta. And now Bow Wow tweets that he wants to get into professional wrestling. Cardi B tweets that she wants to get into professional wrestling. I would love to see it. There's a lot of hate from, you know, wrestling fans that don't want to see this kind of thing. But I say, why not? They could be managers. They could, you know, we know that they're good on the mic. We know that, you know, they got to kind of be athletic kind of, you know, like on a Mark Wahlberg level, you know, taking your shirt off, getting the girls to scream at the concert. So they're already kind of halfway there. They got to work out. They got to maintain a build and they're good on the mic. Why not Bow Wow in there? He's been in the Fast and Furious. The Rock is in the Fast and Furious. Maybe we could see a tag team match. Bow Wow and uh, The Rock, Fast and Furious, Team Fast and Furious versus Heyman and Roman. That would be a great way to introduce Bow Wow, getting the rub from The Rock. And also, you know, Heyman's such a good worker. He can take a dropkick, fall on his back. And there, here we have it, Bow Wow getting his hand lifted by The Rock, shown all over the Today Show, all over Entertainment Tonight. I love it. Uh, I, I uh, got to go back to when I was a kid, my first rap CD ever was Outkast, but I also, Outkast Stangonia, to be honest with you guys, but then I was going to go into Best Buy, Best Buy to buy uh, the Bow Wow's first album, and as I was going in, 102 Jams, the local hip-hop station from where, where I'm from, had a wheel that you could spin it and win prizes. I spun it, and I landed on free CD, and there was a stack of CDs, and I asked the guy, I was like, which is your favorite CD? He said, Mob Deep. I got a Mob Deep CD and Bow Wow the same day, and guess what, guys? I had a three-disc CD changer, so while I'm sitting there playing Tony Hawk, I'm listening to Outkast Stankonia, I'm listening to Mob Deep, and I'm listening to Bow Wow. Why not listen to Bow Wow? I think he does not get enough recognition. He's kind of lost in the fabric of time as far as the rap game is concerned. He was selling out arenas. He was selling out stadiums. So he knows how to put on a show. Let's get him suited up. Let's get some trunks and some boots on him. And let's see if he can win maybe the 205 Live Cruiserweight title. I want to see Bow Wow in the game. What do you guys say? Comment below and let me know what you guys think about Bow Wow in the WWE. Speaking of WWE... They have a giant show this weekend, NXT TakeOver, five big matches already announced. The final for the Men's Dusty Cup Tournament. Um, it's been two guys that don't like each other every single year, so it kind of hit me as, after I recorded last week's show that it's going to be Ciampa and, uh, and Thatcher. They are going to have group matches together. I don't mind seeing it. But it's going to be them. It's the writings on the wall there. Then we have uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez face in the semi the semifinal winner. And I think uh, I don't know who's going to win that. I'm going to go with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I think that there are high hopes for Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai can go. So why not give it to those ladies? Io Shirai versus Tony Storm versus Mercedes Martinez in a triple threat. 
I think it would be kind of lame to give it to one of the two heels here. Uh, I think you're going to use this match to give tension to the two heels and have them wrestle on an NXT show further down the line. So I'm saying Io Shirai gets the victory here. Johnny Gargano versus Koshida in an NXT North American Championship match. I'm not going with my head here, guys. I'm going with my heart. I love Koshida. I've loved him since I started watching New Japan. Uh, I mean, I've watched New Japan throughout my life periodically, but when I started really watching was after Wrestle Kingdom 9. Saw him wrestle Bushi. Saw him wrestle Kenny Omega. Just seen him in these crazy wars. Seen him against Will Ospreay. Um, just all over the map over there in New Japan. And I, I really feel like he hasn't done what he set out to do in NXT yet. And getting that North American championship, that could be it. I think Johnny Gargano is going to be the Ric Flair of the North American Championship. He's going to hold it 16, 17 times, but that means he's got to lose it a lot. He's got to give the rub, just like he gave the rub to Damian Priest, just like he gave the rub to Leon Ruff. He's going to give the rub to Kushida. I think we're going to get a title change this weekend at the pay-per-view. Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne for the NXT Championship. Two of the UK's greatest going at it. I'm saying... Finn Balor wins. They tease the match with Finn and with whoever wins this match in Edge. And I can see that going on a fast lane. I can see that going at Elimination Chamber. And I think that you don't want Pete Dunne versus Edge. I think if you're putting together matches, you're going to want Finn Balor, former Universal Champion, versus Edge, former WWE Champion, going at it. That's the match that people want to see. And I think you can do that um, at a fast lane. And you can then have Pete Dunne interfere and then set up another match down the line for Finn Balor and Pete Dunne. But right now, it's still Finn Balor's time. It's still his NXT. And when you're stepping up, you better not miss, just like he says. I'm getting hyped up. I'm looking forward to these shows. But before that, we had tons of wrestling this week to speak about. And I'm going to go into that right now. New Japan had a lot of wrestling this week. Two big shows, and we're going to go into some of those matches right now. Uh, I guess it was Wednesday morning for me, uh, Wednesday night for Japan. Suzuki Desperado and Kimaru versus Gabriel Kid Yuta, and you have the Young Lions here. Always good to see Suzuki versus the Young Lions. Who's going to beat the shit out of each other more? Suzuki really pulls out something out of these young lions that a lot of these other uh, veterans um, don't do or can't do. I'm not really sure. Uh, Yuya uh, coming in hot, just attacking Suzuki Gun before the bell. Yuya cross body. Yuya one, two, Desperado kicks out. Brawling on the outside, Suzuki tags in, and he just works snug as fuck like he always does. Yuta full of piss and vinegar here, just beating the shit out of him. One, two, Suzuki kicks out. Boston Crab, Suzuki gets to the ropes. Everyone just brawling here. Suzuki bitch slapping Yuya and puts a single leg crab on, and that's when he taps out. Referee, or he doesn't tap out. Referee just calls for the bell. Pretty interesting stuff here. Uh, Suzuki looking strong, as always. Desperado really feels like he dropped off more than evil dropped off. You saw th that crazy moment with him and Hiromu later last year. And, uh, you know, his mask came off. He looked like he was made a star. Ever since then, I've only seen him in six-man tags. What the fuck is going on with that? That was, I thought Evil was the biggest um, failure for New Japan this past year, but it has to be Desperado, because at least Evil, you did get a few pay-per-view main events, and you got a quasi-hot match at Wrestle Kingdom out of it, but goddamn, did they 
screw Desperado over this year. That was the curtain jerker. The main event, Show versus Romeo. Holy hell, this was a great match. Forearm battle right off the top. Going into another one. Forearm battles for days here. It was so sick. Outside the ring forearm battle, back in the ring forearm battle, they used the barricade, slamming each other into it. They both have to break the 20 count. Hiromu in control, controlling the pace, still landing a bunch of forearms. Sho answering with forearms for himself. Close lines. Just, everything was awesome. The pace picks up again. Super uh, Spear by Sho. Show getting a kind of momentum here. Both men down, though. Big just belly to belly by Hiromu into the buckle battle on the apron powerbomb off the apron to the floor show power bombs onto the apron this this was a great great match here multiple germans by show clothesline by show powerbomb by show forearm battle again at the 20 minute mark just you can just feel the pace just picking up here you can feel the crowd on their feet they're clapping along they're not screaming both men down at this point show tries to uh land a submission to hiromu couldn't get it applied uh kept going forward hiromu struggling finally gets to the ropes headbutt by hiromu huge lariat one two hiromu kicks out at the 30 minute mark uh, cross arm pile driver one two Hiromu kicks out crowd is really feeling it here they're clapping along uh, time bomb hit one two show kicks out and then another time bomb one two three Hiromu wins the match holy hell this was amazing uh, they just jumped on Roku my dad has Roku and he was like I like how they're fighting it feels like a fight it doesn't feel like a bunch of people jumping around I guess that's how he thinks AEW is this was really cool. This style is super cool. It's not duplicated. I don't think this style is duplicated around the world. Yes, there's a little Memphis. Yes, there's a little WWE influence nowadays in New Japan. But when it comes down to it, when that bell rings, they beat the shit out of each other. The crowd loves it. The pageantry is there. New Japan is still the best promotion in the world. And this match proves it. The Tanahashi Shingo match proves it. And we're going to go into another match from New Japan. Another show the next day. Six-man tag to kick off the show. Duki, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., and the Young Lions. Uh, just crazy, crazy shit here. Bell sounds. They go at it. Zack getting frustrated at the Young Lions for getting the better of them. Yuya then lands a dropkick. Brings Zack Sabre down. Kid comes in. Locks in a Boston Crab. Zack Sabre Jr. in trouble now. Zack gets up frustrated, uh, on ki just kind of goes after Kid's arm. He taps out. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. just kind of gets frustrated here. This is the whole the whole point of the match was just showing you that Zack Sabre Jr. can still tap out anybody at any time, and he tapped out Gabriel Kid just like that. The main event of that card, Ibushi, the champ champ versus Sonata. A slow buildup here at the beginning. Uh, they go to the floor, neck whip by Sonata, dragon screw neck whip by Sonata. Sonata staying on him, side suplex staying on him again, dive by Sonata, crowd behind it, hyped up, clapping along. Ibushi then dives. Crowd still feeling it here. Kevin Kelly says he doesn't know who they're clapping for. Zack Sabre Jr. says it doesn't really matter. Uh, forearm battle. Abushi getting the better of him. 
powerbomb. One, two, Sonata kicks out. Sonata turns the tables here, locking in a submission. Moonsault, nobody home. Sonata fires back. Abushi goes to the second rope. Uh, lands, uh, tries to do that deadlift German here, just like the G1 a few years ago with Naito, that spot that happened that opening night. Sonata turns it around, uh, drops him off the apron, pop-up cutter, moonsault, knees up. Sonata cannot land this moonsault. Holy hell, and that was kind of the story of the match. Stand up, roll up, one, two, again, one, two, again. But then the coup de grace applied Right to Sonata's face. One, two, three. Great match. Not as good as the Hiromu match. Not as good as the Hiromu vs. Show match. But amazing shit, as always, from New Japan. You love to fucking see it. Moving on from New Japan, I'm going to let you guys know that I do not talk about WWE main event anymore. Um, I enjoyed the matches on there, but they didn't really go anywhere. Much like a lot of what I see on the WWE main roster, it seems like I'm just frustrating. And also, who's kidding who here? You probably have a podcast that you like better, that you listen to, that discusses WWE. If you're a fan of wrestling at all, I know a lot of people just like uh, listening to the podcast, something to listen to while they're at work, something to listen to while they're driving. And that's cool, too. Let me know what you guys want me to talk about because uh, I'll talk about whatever, not just wrestling. Hit me up at JG Pro Wrestling on Twitter or Instagram at JG Picture Taken. I also put up a YouTube channel promoting North Carolina music and the uh, beer drive through that I run. So I'm doing tons of stuff here, and I'm not watching WWE main event. I'm barely watching any WWE main roster stuff, but I will talk about the big shows, Elimination Chamber, NXT TakeOver, WrestleMania, of course. I did, I mean, I am going to watch NXT, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, and I am going to um, list from worst to first all the matches from the Wednesday Night Wars every single week, just like I have been doing for... Let's go into my overall thoughts from NXT. I really like the Zia Lee thing. I like that creepy girl. Um, kind of reminds me of Abaddon, but just Abaddon's sorcerer that has her own faction already. I liked how she beat up a man. A lot of uh, dudes getting beat up by women in the WWE, and I support it. It's funny every time it cracks me up. I don't know if uh, that's the right reaction, but every time I see uh, that guy that's with Carmella get beat up by Sasha, crack up. This this dude get punched in the stomach while wearing a suit by an evil woman cracks me up. I think it's hilarious. William Regal and Scarlett Bordeaux, I thought those were two like uh, performers, for lack of a better word, that I didn't think would ever really work well together, but they worked well together tonight. I mean, Scarlett was working well in that dress. Got a match, though, with Karrion Cross and Escobar. That was... Karrion Cross and Escobar and the Dusty Cup Classic is carrying NXT right now. I know Pete Dunne and Finn is going to be a great match, but um, everything kind of, like, in the North American title picture tonight really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, I like what they were going with it. Gargano hurt, Kushida pops up behind him, but, I mean, it was just like two... It was like a segment, a match... And then another match, and then it, like at the end of it, nothing happened, nothing changed. So a big portion of that show just made me feel underwhelmed. And that's not what you're supposed to do, especially a go-home show going into TakeOver like we've already talked about. It was cool to see Cameron Grimes back, baby, handing out money, doing a Ric Flair Monday Night Nitro promo. You got to love the Carolina boy doing that. We're going to go into uh, what I thought about AEW. Um you know, 
coming up after the listing here. We rank every match from the Wednesday Night Wars from worst to first every single week, as you guys know. You guys also know that the first few matches always worse. It's just kind of a tip of the cap. We have Zia Lee who just beat the hell out of Cora Jade. Cora Jade posting on Twitter that she got an apartment with her boyfriend. Well, good for her because her boyfriend's going to be having to put the ice pack on her face because she got knocked the fuck out. Number 10, Pac versus Ryan Namath. Ryan Namath killed it here. Killed. He got his ass kicked so well. I think it should be become a meme. Pac, one of the most underrated wrestlers in the world. And 11 and 10 really isn't the worst match. It's really just like you whooped their ass so bad, it's hard to really say it was a good match at all. Number nine, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon versus Candice and Indy. This was a great match, but there was just so much bullshit and interference, just like always. And just like Kushida in theory, this these two matches were a part of the same kind of big block of time that Gardi, uh, Johnny Gargano's team had throughout NXT. And don't get me wrong, I like Johnny Gargano. I like Kushida. I like Shotzi. I like Candice. I like Indy. I like... I like Austin Theory. Ember Moon, I could take her leave, honestly. But, you know, there's so many good performers. We need definitive victories. We don't need all this bullshit all the time. We see it on Raw. We see it on SmackDown. And ever since, NXT has kind of jumped over to Wednesdays. Or maybe it's just because uh, we don't really get that in New Japan a lot of the time. I mean, yeah, there's Bullet Club and things like that. We don't get it in uh, AEW a lot of the time. But we get it at least twice a, uh, a show on NXT and it was right there in the middle and it just felt like I just wasted like 45 minutes to an hour on doing nothing it really kind of sucked the air out of me for that show number seven though shoddy lee johnson and cody rhodes versus uh poloni i guess i'm saying his name right a, a large man with a mustache and tattoos he looks like he can go places and pretty peter avalon uh, P- Peter Avalon and Cody had a great singles match a few weeks ago on Dynamite, but this was Shoddy Lee Johnson's moment. He gets the victory. You gotta love seeing him just celebrate. He celebrated like he won something honest and uh, like it meant something to him. And this is how you build stars, man. Uh, Tony Khan was tweeting about him at the end of the show. It was really cool to see. So, you know, he's got Tony Khan on his side. You see little Uzi Vert and him taking pictures online. I feel like Shia Lee Johnson, 2021, might be his year. Number six, Jericho and MJF versus The Acclaimed. The Acclaimed, they're growing on me. They're growing on everybody. They're doing things in and outside the ring to get themselves over, and that's what you need to do. MJF, though, of course, was hurt because uh, Sammy Guevara punched him right in the fucking belly right before the match. He might have been selling the injuries a little too much, but there you go. Jericho and MJF did get the victory despite um, the acclaim trying to use a boombox at one point. It was just a pretty good match. Number five, the main event of NXT. No bullshit here. Ciampa Thatcher versus Grizzled Young Vets. Grizzled Young Vets get the victory, though. I thought it was going to be Ciampa and Thatcher. That's good. So it's going to be two teams that actually like each other in the finals. First time ever. Rose and Hirsch, the first match of their eliminator tournament for the women's this is going to be a crazy ass tournament this match was amazing um hirsch jumping up like grand metallic on the ropes to land a moonsault nobody home that was the spot of the match that's how it got into the top five number three msk versus uh el hijo del fantasma this was awesome the right team won msk both both all four of these men can go so 
I don't even need to tell you what happened here. They killed it. And number two, Darby Allen versus Joey Janela, the curtain jerker of AEW Dynamite this week. These guys, man, all the stops. But it wasn't just a a, a spot fest. It wasn't just crazy, uh, you know, just jumping onto guardrails and landing on concrete. They did some wrestling here. Both of these guys can wrestle uh, despite what Jim Cornette says. Uh, I've seen uh, Darby Allen show up at WrestleCade years and years He's showing up on Evolve, so it's really cool to see him in this position now. Uh, Joey Janela kills it every time. He's been in GCW, killing it all summer long. I kind of got in an argument with my friend Pete on, on Twitter. I said maybe Joey Janela needs to get off the sauce a little bit. He's looking a little heavy. He got mad at me. He says bodies don't matter. And don't get me wrong, I'm not like a body guy, but come on, man. If you're willing to jump off a building, be willing to take a night off and uh, do some push-ups and do some crunches or something, man. I'm... I'm just saying, man, like get yourself together. Be the bad boy we know you can be. You look you're coming across indie on TNT. Number one though, Kenta and Omega versus Mox and Archer. These guys went everywhere as a anywhere in the building match. It was crazy to see Kenta in AEW. He came out. Uh, it was crazy to see Moxley with the US title. But right as that pageantry went away, they start brawling. They go to the back in the kitchen area of, uh, I guess, the Jaguars Stadium. It reminded me of playing SmackDown 2, Know Your Role. They hit each other with potatoes. You can see Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, the dads that they are, love the good dad joke with the potatoes. Moxley even looks at the camera, sells the dad joke. Kenta at one point jumps off the stage, double foot stomp through, well, not through the table, as a lot of haters mentioned. He did not break the table, but he might have broken um, Moxley's ribs here. But Kenny Omega and Kenta did get the victory. Lance Archer showing off as always someone tweeted that he's the best big man in the business and he can't believe that this isn't a popular opinion and after reading it i agree with him he is the best big man in the business he does the old school tightrope just like undertaker but then lands a moonsault holy hell that's awesome he does the things like you know you see keith lee and donovan dijakovic and brian cage do but he also is a big man he walks like a big man he talks like a big man he's been at it for years now and you can tell the murder hawk monster is here to stay he's a staple in aew all four of these men other than um kenta have held the u.s title in new japan and he's the one who wants it the most he can taste it god damn wrestling is awesome I hope you guys are having a good time listening to this show. Next week is going to be big as fuck. We're going to be talking about Noah, my first Noah event since Eddie Edwards won that title. And then we're going to be talking about NXT TakeOver, of course. We're going to be going over the uh, Women's Eliminator Tournament for AEW. And, of course, we're going to be breaking down the Wednesday Night Wars from Worcester first. As always, guys. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What am I doing? I forgot to talk about Hangman Page outsmarting Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara quitting Inner Circle. They're really doing a good job elevating these stars. You, like, you watch, you look back at the, the original roster of AEW, it's changed a lot. But Private Party turned heel, now appearing on Impact with Matt Hardy. You got uh, Hangman Page outsmarting Matt Hardy. That's going to be good. And then you got Sammy Guevara leaving the inner circle. Things are changing for the people that have been there a while, and it's really fucking cool to see. Now, guys, as always, fly high. I'm out.